This is the True To You podcast, your very own work bestie. Each week we come together for honest conversations about reinventing yourself and your career, all while navigating a path towards meaningful work. I'm your host, Ruby Marsh. Let's do this. something in our life our first reaction is to change it and a lot of times that might be the right thing to do you might need to completely change industries and start over again but I wanted to bring on today's guest because she's someone that I've had the pleasure of working with who has been able to pivot her work and remain within her industry and for her what that has meant is that she's now doing work that's more aligned with her values. She's niched down. She's doing work that's much more in her zone of genius, in her strengths, and with clients that she really, really wants to be serving. This work is really aligned with her values. My guest is Natalie Vandermeer. She's a fellow creative architectural designer, mama, wife, and as you'll hear, all-round go-getter. Natalie and I first connected when she was about six weeks out from giving birth and we started working together when her baby girl was just five weeks old. Oh, so good. Natalie came to me because she had a desire to remain in the architecture world but wanted to shift her business to work with clients more aligned with her values, niche down and capitalize on her zone of genius and create services that really met the needs of her clients in a way that she knew she could powerfully serve them, but also she had to be open to the possibility of positioning herself in the architecture market in a completely different way, but in a really, really cool way, might I add. Her new business is called On Home Ground, and first and foremost, it's a design consultancy that exists to create sustainable, healthy homes and provide hands-on education for clients and her community. I'm very excited to share this conversation with you because Natalie shows us one way of doing motherhood and business that you don't have to completely put one thing on hold to focus on the other, even if the process takes a little longer than you originally anticipated. I think what Natalie models for us is a really exciting and really beautiful way of approaching this transition in our lives and the on home ground website I'm pleased to say even though we hoped by the time this episode went live that it would also have been launched but it's going to be launching very soon so I recommend that you hop on over and follow Natalie on Instagram at on home ground she has some really great tips and education on there if Building a sustainable home is something that's on your radar. So without further ado, I want to welcome Natalie Vandermeer to the show. And this is episode 50. 
Hold up, sister. Before we get into today's episode, let's take a short break to hear from one of our sponsors. Uh, hang on a second. I'm sponsoring my own show because I'm a businesswoman too. And well, I've got something you might need. My bet is if you're loving the conversations we have on the True To You podcast, you're either in business or making plans to start your own thing. And what's the one thing stopping you from starting? Paralysis by analysis. Too many freaking ideas, too many passions, all the things. So how would it feel if you could reduce that endless list into the best business idea for you? Well, funny that, because I have a free five-step guide that will help you answer exactly that question. I promise you, if you're overwhelmed by too many choices, the best thing you can do is ask a few simple strategic questions to find the best one that suits your goals and your needs. To get your hands on this free step-by-step guide, head to rubymarsh.com. That is rubymarsh.com and enter your details to get it now. Don't wait any longer. Start creating today. Welcome, Natalie, to the True to You podcast. Thank you. It's really nice to be here with you, Ruby. Yeah. Natalie, as you've heard, is an architectural designer. She studied architecture at the same university as me, which is super cool. Uh, I was a few years before her, but... uh, with that, uh, going into private practice, mostly on your own, you've been in private practice. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes, mostly, yeah. Yeah, yeah mostly on your own. And in the last year, which has also coincided with having her baby girl, she has decided to move away from that traditional service-based business and traditional architectural uh, delivery of services uh, to something that's more in line with who she wants to work with, your values, uh, and moving deeper into your zone of genius as a designer, you started to realize, oh, there's some parts of this puzzle that uh, I'm really strong at, and I really want to be able to tap into those a little bit more. So I think this is a really interesting conversation because uh, I have a lot of women come to me that are wanting to do something similar. not move completely away from their industry altogether, but how can they move in a slightly different direction, a pivot, if you will. So Natalie, tell us a little bit about your career journey. Did you grow up dreaming of studying architecture? I know that uh, a lot of architects come from families of architects, just like lawyers and doctors. It's one of those professions that seems to stay in the families for a lot of people. Uh, Was this the case for you? Definitely not. Um, I grew up in a a little country town and um, certainly did not have any architects in my family or even really sort of, there was one um, family friend that was an architect that was really my very first introduction to what it was. But um, it definitely wasn't something that I gave a lot of thought to. And looking back on some things, you know, games I used to play as a child, I kind of can see how I ended up here. Um, (laughs) But it was not something that um, was really thrust in front of me. And I remember being at uni and 
being around people who had, you know, grandparents and parents as architects and thinking, gosh, they're so, so far ahead of me in terms of their exposure. Um, but it all evens out in the end. Um, yeah. I think that's really interesting, isn't it? How uh, we perceive, even in our first few years of university, uh, even architecture is one of those courses that you would think it brings people fresh out of uh, school, straight into the course. Uh, but actually, in my experience, it brought a lot of people from different backgrounds. Architecture wasn't necessarily their first degree. Only some of them had parents or family members that were architects. And it was really quite an eclectic group of people. Some people had come from construction and uh, architecture is a very intriguing career too, because it combines so many elements. It's so multifaceted, isn't it? And, and I was having a conversation with a woman a couple of weeks ago that one of our strengths is that we can do a lot of things. We, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, um, absolutely. And I think um, I remember Somewhere in my degree, um, one of the professors said um, the, the beauty about doing an architecture degree is that you learn how to solve problems. And that's, that's hands down, biggest, um, I guess, biggest thing you learn and thing that you really hold on to. And you can move into any space once you have those skills. Um, it's a huge, you know, so many people I know that when I went to uni with and that kind of thing that have branched off into completely different um, careers and spheres, but those skills that you get in being able to look at a problem, dissect it and, and build something from it is, is really, really such a, a gem. Do you think that having that innate skill set or perhaps even building that skill set through your studies and then through being in practice meant this decision to pivot your business wasn't as scary as it could be or maybe it was a little bit scary but you knew deep down I have a good skill set I know I can solve problems I know it's really just about mapping this out and, and then starting to take the steps yeah, I think it probably subconsciously definitely gave me a little bit, I guess, confidence. Um, because when you say, when you receive a, you know, a project um, from your professor, you have sort of no idea where it's going to end up. Um, and throughout the process, you uncover bits and pieces of information and you build things on that. And yeah, I think that's probably, you, you have to have a little bit of faith that, mm. that where you're going is, I guess you wouldn't be going there if, if it wasn't for, you know, the right reasons. Yes, yes. So we're going to dive into the right reasons now. I want to know a little bit more about what the catalyst was for you to make this decision to pivot your business away from solely providing these traditional architectural design services. And I don't know whether... Uh, this pivot for you was something that was coming for a long time and it just took a certain event in your life, like deciding to have a child or us meeting uh, by chance that one day to go, I, I have to act now. 
Yeah. What, what was, what was the catalyst and how long had you been sitting on this idea to pivot your services? Um, It was a long process. Um, After I got out of uni, I got a little bit of um, experience in a firm. um, And after a couple of years, I, I knew I wanted a change. um, So decided to go out on my own. Um, And probably the thing that I most struggled with in while working for a firm and then even at the start of, you know, building my, my first business was um, that I guess in the initial phases of the process where you're learning about your client and um, what they want from the project, I, I always felt like there wasn't enough time invested in that part of it that you you would have sort of a one hour meet and greet where you would be able you know have to study the site have to pick between what people would say they want and try and figure out what they actually want and I felt like this was you know I struggled with it so much and often you would come back with a concept and people would go no you're completely off the mark like how can you know and at the start, that was really confronting and it really made me question, am I doing the right thing? You know, do I have what it takes to be able to understand people? And then I started looking at it from another perspective of, well, maybe actually people are really confused by this process as well. That, I love that. I love that, that. Maybe I can turn that problem that I'm having into actually, I guess, a, a bonus for my business. Was there a, a turning point where you said, I have to develop this, this idea from something that I am observing in the briefing process, which is a large part of how, a large part of the new services that you're going to be offered or offering are going to be centered around that. Was there also a point where you said, I re- yeah, I really have to develop this into something because there's something there and I'm seeing, did you see a gap in the market? Did you see a need for this or was it purely out of your own inspiration? I, probably a bit of both. Um, I guess part of it was that, you know, this, this was a part that I'm struggling to be able to um, extrapolate, you know, um, data from people to be able to, to get that into really meaningful designs um, and also when I, when I was talking to people, um, you know, everyone seemed to come back with the same kind of feedback of, oh, actually, you know, I think that's a really good idea. I think we really need that. It's something that, you know, probably there isn't enough focus on. So I guess I kind of, yeah, used the thing that I struggled with and also the fact that people seem to be warm to the idea. And really just, I guess, kind of run with it. <laughs> I think you've made a really important point there that there's a, there's this shift that happens once we once we're hearing feedback and you were lucky enough to already be in practice and uh, be in communication with clients day to day and across multiple projects. And when you started to have this feeling of, of oh, I think people are coming to me with a problem that 
no one's really solving in a unique way. And you were able to pick up those bits of feedback and I guess collect it and form an idea from there of how you could pivot your business. And I think that's a really, really important thing is that when we, we can have an idea, but it's really important to see what the market needs, what they're responding to, how you could go deeper and develop this idea. So you were able to do that before you had even created the next iteration of your business or this really this new business on home ground. You're able to experiment and play with that and even just pick up on what people were saying. So I think it's really great that you shared that because for anyone that's thinking of pivoting or even simply testing a business idea, getting in front of the people you want to help and really understanding. I think a lot of what we unpacked was what is, what is the, it that they're really frustrated with about design services right now? Uh, and where could you find uh, your gap in the market that you could service? So is there anything you wanted to share on that? Um, absolutely. Um, probably, the only thing I wanted to add to that was one thing that also helped me is um, being able to discuss those ideas with people who had absolutely no sort of connection to my work or, you know, no, um, I guess, no vested um, sort of interest in it, in like a family friend or whatever um, or whoever that, could, I could explain the concept to you and if I knew that I could explain this concept that's kind of a little bit abstract and they would get it and go yes then that's when I knew okay this is probably something I need to continue. That's that's such a coincidental point that you made there because I was literally just listening to something before we jumped on this conversation on this call and having this conversation is this simplification of our product and us or our service, whatever it is that you're providing, is that in our heads, we can have a lot of detail and a lot of nuances and you getting in front of people that weren't even necessarily your clients, but explaining it to them and, and saying to yourself, are they getting it? <laughs> is really, really key. And then from there, you could build something. Uh, do you think we have a tendency to overcomplicate things and oh, what, definitely <laughs> yes yeah and we want to put all of the bells and whistles and all of the features into things don't we yeah and especially coming from a design background where you go from such a large scale down to the minute minute detail and, and really focusing on refining and finessing that detail uh, yes, it's very that's so much of design is about layers and layers and layers of meaning. Yes. Um, and there was, all, there was this concept um, of the granny test. So if you can present your idea to your grandma and she gets it, then you're on. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Uh, if anyone's listening, it might not be your grandma, but it may be someone else <laughs> in your life that doesn't get your skill set, doesn't... Uh, play in your industry and and you can simply bounce the idea off and and look for the clues to uh where they're where they're excited by it what they don't understand all of those things so i love that you said that uh natalie the next thing i wanted to talk a little bit about is 
through this process of deciding to, you're not completely moving away from traditional design services, are you? You're still going to, to be providing design services. But the other thing that you've decided to create is some tools that people can purchase online. Some educational tools, bring in more of a community aspect to the architecture design process uh, such that you could bring together service providers, consultants, products, and really create this community around sustainable design as well. And also bring together the, pos the possibility of really bringing together people on a topic that they were passionate about clients and, and all sorts of different areas of this industry. Uh, why did you choose to go down this route? What, what was it that appealed to you about putting some of services online and, and packaging them up in a way that people could purchase them and do them in their own time? And also this community aspect too that we spoke a lot about earlier on. Yeah, um, I guess one of my main motivations um, in this business is to allow people or enable my clients to feel empowered, to feel like they can make educated decisions about their home um, so that what choice they make, they feel like it's answered their values. They feel like it is answering their project brief or requirements. And they feel like, they have, I guess, in a way, they've got the power that they can, um, you know, that they're making the best choice for them. Um, so part of the process of um, being able to build um, someone's brief is that they need to really have a good understanding of what they want and their values. and. So much of that I can't do for someone. I, I can't sort of sit down and work out what your values are for you. You really need to sit down, you know, with your partner or whoever it is who's involved in this project with you and get to the nitty gritty challenging parts that, you know, are often uncomfortable, that are often sort of, I guess, the 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 gritty bits where you're not sure about how you feel to be able to get those values and those things and those parts of yourself onto paper or mm. whatever you choose really allows you to then be able to take those things that are the, your heart and soul and use those throughout the whole process to be able to come back to them. So when things get really hard, you know, during a build and you're tearing your hair out and wondering why you started this whole thing, you can come back to that first process and go, here's why I did it. Here's why I started this because I want to live a better life in my home with my family. Um, and I think that's something that, you know, we can all do um, at home and to be able to have that information when you go to get quotes from a builder or when you go to talk to a designer or someone else in the project you know what you're talking about you don't necessarily have to have all the information about every aspect of you know your project but 
to be able to speak from your truth is something that it doesn't matter what happens. No one can take that from you. Mm, I think that's beautiful, really encapsulating that and being uh, able to guide people through their vision for their build because we know that design is so much more than just creating a three-dimensional object, especially people's homes. There's so much emotion involved in that. And and you said they're ensuring that they're going to feel the way they want to feel when they come home at night, when they put their head down, when they're relaxing on the weekends, that their house embodies that. And rather than, it's almost like putting the direction onto them a little bit more rather than traditionally in my experience the architect guides a lot of that process and uh, navigates that with the client whereas this is putting more uh, emphasis back on the client to own those decisions and to really get that clarity for themselves. Was there anything in terms of creating these as Uh, packaged up online services that it meant that you could did it mean for you that you could focus on other parts of your business was it a decision that was also related to raising a family and realizing how much time you had to spend in your business designing working through projects and if you had these opportunities to sell products that uh you know, serviced and and need for clients that meant that you didn't have to be part of that process. Yeah. Was there, was there something in that that gave you an opportunity personally? Absolutely. Um, I, the, the, one of the things that I liked about the idea of having something, you know, an online, something you can download, something that you do at the very start of the process, um, means that for me I can help direct people to where they might go next. Um, So if you're looking at the very start of your project and you don't know who to talk to or, you know, a builder or a designer or where to go to next, doing something like an online workshop that I'm trying to build means that that first step of not knowing anything and, you know, being totally bewildered after doing something like a workshop you've got a bit of a jump a jumping off point Mm. um so that regardless of whether you decide to use um my design services or whether you go somewhere else it means that you're in a better position than you were without doing it and um the hope is that people who go through the process, you know, an online um, thing is that if they like um, the kind of process that I start with, then they'll be more likely to choose my design services because they already know how I work. Mm. They already know what's important to me. They already know what my values are. So from that very first step, our relationship is already open and concise and we're we're really on a collaborative level rather than a directive level where I'm, you know, choosing where we go at every single point. Yeah. And and I think something you said a little bit earlier was this opportunity to empower your clients and have them feel like they're owning part of this process as well. And 
I think that was something that you realized in the people that you want to work with is that was something that they also wanted for themselves. So how could you give that opportunity to them? Uh, Because we're not necessarily talking about multi-million dollar high, very high end design services where you, those types of clients also don't have the time. So understanding who you were targeting this product at and how they wanted to feel as a result of engaging with you is, was really important. And I think you, you really did a lot of work to get clear on that up front. Yeah. Uh, so when we first met, it's going on just over a year ago, which is unbelievable. It's amazing how time flies. <laughs> I was speaking at an event and you came up to me after that event and you were about five weeks away from having your baby girl, maybe six weeks. I think it was five. And we started working together not long after Delilah was actually born. I think she was about six weeks old, which was super cool. It was really, really inspiring to me to see you want to continue something that you had been so excited about even before she came along. And I thought to myself, gosh, this woman is really dedicated. <laughs> uh, what made you leap at that time into this project, even with all of this other stuff going on? <laughs> I mean, maybe you look back in hindsight and uh, uh, yeah, that I maybe don't know. I was a little bit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe you're just crazy anyway. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was a concept that I had sort of had rolling around in my head for a couple Mm. of years. Um, I wasn't completely satisfied with the business that I'd built. Um, it was, it was working and I was getting enough work for it. Um, but it probably wasn't satisfying my values, um, as much as I wanted to. And I naively thought that I would have stacks of time being pregnant at home (laughs) that I would you know, knock my website out of the park in six months and be creating content every day, um, <laughs> which did not happen. Um, but I, one of the reasons why I originally chose architecture was because I thought it was a good, um, not only it was a good mix between sort of an art um, and sort of a more um, pragmatic career. Um, but also because I could have flexibility in the future of how I wanted to work. Um, and that really played out um, when I got pregnant and had Delilah because I was already at home. Um, so that part of it was, I guess, sort of much easier. Um, and for me, um, my business is my life work. Mm. Um, I, I, I don't want another career. I don't want to do something different. Um, this is something, this business is something that I want to build that over my lifetime can support me throughout my life. Um, and, you know, if it goes on beyond that, then that's great. Um, but yeah, my, my motivation was that this is something that is going to carry me maybe until the day I die. And that's something that I want. Mm, Yes. And I definitely picked up that passion for what you're doing 
right from the start. You, you're, you've always been very, very clear. And this is, this is what I want to do. I, the gap for me is just knowing how to take those steps. Uh, and, and, and you're very open to being guided through things that you didn't necessarily know, because I think, uh, potentially when you started your, first business that was very modeled on what you had seen and now you were looking to pivot your business into a direction that brought in things like online services and how do you start reaching those people when traditionally your work was word of mouth or um, repeat clients things like that so what did that look like and I really loved that you were also open to being guided through that process too and and really you really got in there and, and asked yourself those questions because it can be a lot of work to understand those those things that we need to know in order to keep moving forward it's a lot of the work that people avoid i would say they just want to yeah. start the business and start going yes. yeah yes um and i think you don't know what you don't know um so you when you you know when i started out pivoting i guess i had all these grand ideas and then you get to a certain point and you're like okay well i have no idea how to build a web website or I have no idea what marketing looks like you know and then I guess it's just a process of sort of uncovering what you don't know so that you can learn about that yes yes absolutely absolutely okay so a little bit I want to go a little bit deeper on understanding who your new new client was going to be because I know there was going to be a bit of a shift from who you'd previously worked with or taking some of those previous clients and refining them that understanding of who they were a little bit further but it was really important to understand who they were what the look and feel of on home ground needed to be especially digitally because you hadn't really previously built much of a digital presence you had social media but not so much for the purpose of your business is that correct yes yes yeah, yeah. so a new part of establishing this brand on home ground was utilizing tools like social media we've spoken about the fact that you're creating an incredible website i have to say that uh this process may have taken a little bit longer than you initially thought you thought i was going to bang out the website in a few months and do it myself and all of those things but i think this time that you've given yourself has really been perfect to really clearly understand what your digital presence is going to be like and how you are going to reach those people online uh, through websites, through social media, but also offline. We talked about a lot of really cool offline ideas too. Tell me, having gone from not doing a lot of that or doing it mainly by feel and not being guided through understanding that marketing side of your business. What was that process like to then throw yourself into that? And what did you learn through that about your client and things that you needed to know about them that you previously hadn't thought about? I really enjoyed um, the, that process of sort of um, painting, if, if you like, um, my ideal client. Um, at the very start of when we first started um, meeting, 
I had a really sort of vague idea of who might be interested in my services. Um, and talking with you every time I, we would finish a session, uh, the, the, I guess the, the picture got a little bit less pixelated and a little bit clearer and a little bit clearer. And every session would just be so exciting um, that I'd get a little bit more clarity about where I was going and about how to target, um, I guess, the people that I wanted to find. Um, and it was also a little bit rattling. It's challenging when you sort of, you know, you're moving forward, but you don't really know where you're going and you just kind of putting one foot in front of the other and just figuring it out as you go along. So that part's, that part is, is definitely challenging. Um, but I have found it um, really interesting to look at more of the marketing side of um, the business and building a brand and what that means. And I have also, it's, it's given me so much more drive to have a very clear client that I am aiming at because I know what that client wants now. I know how to speak to them. I know, um, I guess, the kind of information that they're looking for much more than I did a year ago. Um, mm. So that's been really a, a really fun part mostly. That's great. I'm glad you said it was fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're so you're so right. Is it's almost befriending that person that you're going to work with, isn't it? So that you know them just as if they were a family member or a best friend, and like you said, knowing exactly who you're speaking to, and then not being worried about who everyone else as well because the world of design especially uh, house design that you're in it, there's all sorts of different ways that you can approach that and and i'm really getting clear on for you on on who you wanted to work with and and like you said right from the beginning you uh wanted to help them cast a vision for their own home but also in in going through this process, you've got really clear on the vision for your business too. And I think that speaks to the fact that that commitment that you have to that is about that longevity that you see for on home ground, that this is your life's work. And so you were prepared to really uh, take this time to understand that because it's work that can evolve and we can, we can do it once and then leave it for a little bit. But I think each time that we go to refine something in our business, add something in, it's really important that we come back and ask those questions of, is this something that they would want? Uh, how do they want to be spoken to? Yeah. So that's really, really cool. Uh, another part of your pivot was really about breathing life into the design industry into the architecture industry and even more so uh, home design. And I know that I've worked, having worked in architecture, I worked in a very traditional practice that also did residential work as well amongst other types of work. And this, there's a certain way that you deliver services, you procure clients, 
contracts, all of these different layers that become quite, uh, I guess, it's traditional, but it becomes the same way that you do it at time and time and time again. And I know that uh, when you were starting to think about this business, it was also about how can I create some newness, breathe some life into this, focus on an area that I know there's going to be so much more of a need for, something that you were passionate about in terms of sustainability. So what are the things, so what are some of the things that you're creating? Uh, maybe we can chat a little bit more about the community side, some ideas that you've had around how you can test this briefing process before it becomes an online workshop. Um, do you, are you open to sharing some of those ideas uh, that I guess create a new way of delivering these services? It's not just about looking up an architect or getting referred, going into the office and you know, that the way the process normally goes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, uh, a concept that I um, really express to clients is that this process is collaborative. Um, building a home or, or doing a renovation is such a huge undertaking. Um, it's probably one of the biggest things that you'll ever do in your life. Um, and it, it takes a, a team. It takes a team of people to be able to, get that end goal of having a beautiful home that in the end, you know, the clients get to live in. Um, but it was, it, it's really important for me that um, throughout the process, it's, it's give and take for everyone involved. So I, you know, as an architect or as a designer, um, it's not, for me, it's not dictatory. It's not, um, this is what I think and here's where we're going. It's this is what I've come up with. How do you feel about it? And, you know, what does what do other people in the team think about it as well? So that you're you're spending less time throughout the process, um, you know, trying to fix things with a builder during construction because you didn't think of that, um, you know, during the design or trying to appease people throughout the process because you didn't have that open channel of communication. Um, so for me, it's really important that yes, I have, you know, a ton of knowledge in this area of design and, you know, planning regulations and that kind of thing. And, and I, I can lead that, that portion of it. Um, but I have every project is an opportunity for me to learn things as well. So, you know, learning about a new site, learning about a new family, learning about a different construction method that I've never used, you know, designed for before. Um, and I think that that's really important to create a team um, that all have the same values, that, that are all on board with um, communicating together so that they can all have the same goal, so that you know, no one's confused about where we're going. Yeah, amazing. And you even spoke about uh, creating community events and bringing these different services together for uh, workshop nights where people could 
come and ask questions of these specialists in, in different building methods, uh, different aspects of the design process. I know that was something that we spoke about. You also spoke about uh, perhaps testing this idea with, with dinner parties and bringing these, uh, bringing these clients or these potential clients together and going through the design process in a way that was much more comfortable and less stark and less rigid and in a, in a way that also embodied their values. So perhaps bringing in through the food, you know, organic food and things like that. So uh, we played around with some ideas like that as well that allowed you to create new ways of delivering this service that people hadn't seen before too. Yeah, I think really, you know, there's no reason why um, a professional needs to be so difficult to access. Um, there's, there's no reason why there should be, you know, you should sort of be afraid to pick up the phone or whatever. And if you can have that in a way that, you know, you're having a glass of wine and something nice for to eat and you get to talk directly to a builder or directly to, you know, someone that, that you can ask questions that otherwise you might go, oh, that's, that's a bit silly. And mm. with removing that, that, I guess, not the professionalism, but removing the, the step up between, you know, a client and a professional, um, I, I think just would really make the communication so much more open and more fun. Yes, yes, absolutely. How has it been for you creating more of a digital presence and diving into the social media, becoming more consistent with that, but also being more visible with your work and sharing your work? And you had a website or you have a website currently. You're also developing the On Home Ground website, but in doing and through this process before the, the website actually becomes live, you've worked a lot on your social media content, things like that. How's that, that process been for you? Is that being scary, fun, easy, it's, all the emotions? It's satisfying. Um, it's satisfying to be able to get the info that bounces around in my brain out. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, um, for me, a personal value of mine is that, you know, I love learning and I'm so curious about sustainability and um, I, I just I want to be a sponge and soak up everything I can. So to be able to share that um, with other people is extremely satisfying. It's also, um, it also sort of puts me on point where I need to make sure that the information that I am putting out there is is right that I'm doing my best to make sure all my t's are crossed and my eyes are dotted and that I'm giving people um, facts that are as unbiased as as I can make them because hopefully people make choices with this information um, and also on a personal level you know scheduling time um, for every day or every week to purely, you know, achieve one goal for my business, whether that be an Instagram post or whatever, um, really helps me to live a routine life. I'm not, I'm not a huge, as an adult, I suck at routine. 
So being able to, you know, have this schedule of doing something every day for something is awesome. And probably having you start to realise other than other than other methods of referral or word of mouth but if you are going to dedicate time to marketing your business then how much time that actually takes out of your week right and so you've been able to start to see these different hats that you're going to now be wearing and and that will change over time and also building this consistency too you've given yourself a longer runway probably initially you didn't think you I know you said before that you thought this would happen a little bit sooner but you've given yourself a really good runway to launch this brand and start to gain people's interest gain a a following uh and I guess for you really start to emphasize what this brand is about. Do you think that's been an important thing to do? Now it's a little bit in hindsight, isn't it? That you've, you've had this longer period of time, but do you think that's actually been a really great way building this brand slowly? Yeah, I think it is. Um, I think it takes time for people to put that trust, um, particularly in something that's new that they don't know. Um, and having that consistency and, you know, producing content that people are familiar with, um, that they know the, you know, the layout and, and what kind of information they're getting. Um, I guess it really does help for people, you know, to, it might pop up in their brain, okay, if I'm going to do something to my home, oh, I know that someone who, who's out there who, who's producing information that I trust. Um, that seems to, you know, be a really sort of um, unbiased, um, you know, channel of information and maybe that's something that I can turn to when I'm ready. Mm, mm. And a, a key word that you said there, you might not even realise that you said it was the word trust, right? That trust doesn't happen overnight. It's something that we need to build and you're showing people that you're serious about this and also what on home ground stands for your, your values as a brand. And that's not something that I think that you can communicate in a couple of weeks of Instagram posts or uh, there's going to be things beyond also being online that you will probably do as well. And other ways to add value to people uh, that we've, that you're creating behind the scenes. Uh, Hopefully once this goes live, uh, it will be end of May, June, and you will have the On Home Ground uh, website live. So is there anything that people can do once they jump on the website to understand a little bit more about what you're offering? Have you got any uh, freebie downloads, things that can help people get started with their briefing process before they actually dive into the full-on workshop? Um, definitely as something that I, um, I guess prior to engaging, um, which is where you sign contracts and say, yes, we want to work with you. Um, I, I, I think it's really important to send, um, at least give people an idea of what you're about, you know, what your philosophy is and understand how you work, understand your process. 
um, because it's it's important to me that I fit into their idea and and they fit into my idea. So, um, you know, we everyone gets the choice to work together. It's not just a, a flat out yes all the time. Um, and yeah, one of the things that um, I hope to have ready for people <laughs> in a month's time um, is some a package that will um, help people to understand their values mm. and to do those first steps of building a brief. Yes. brief. Um, what's really important to me? What is a need? What is a want? Um, and, and how do I go about um, understanding my biases as well? Mm, mm, amazing. So if everybody that is listening uh, likes that, if, or if anyone listening, sorry, likes the idea of that, where can they jump on and find you online? Um, so the website is www.onhomeground.com.au um, or you can head to Instagram, uh, which is at onhomeground. Um, and I've got Facebook as well, um, which, which sort of runs in the background at the moment. Um, but really Instagram and the website is where I put out um, most of my information. Beautiful, beautiful. Awesome. What's your vision, Natalie, then for On Home Ground over the next one to three years, maybe offerings that you're going to have? Uh, where do you see this new pivot in your business going? So obviously um, launching yes. is, <laughs> is um, I'm really at the pointy end now of, of you know, having something that is be able to, to go out to people, which is exciting. Um, something that I really would love to see happen in the next 12 months is to be able to um, have face-to-face workshops. So for people who might have, um, I guess, completed, you know, the first little um, tidbit online um, course and, and, and they're going, yep, this is, you know, this works for me. Um, hopefully being able to have workshops that really flesh out um, those initial values and, you know, that sort of hazy picture of what you might want into something that um, build that into a, a really concrete brief um, so that wherever you go to next, whether it's a builder or a designer, you can hand them a stack of paper and go, there you go. Amazing. <laughs> um, so that's one thing that I really would love to see in the next 12 months. And um, I'd love to bring some other people on board. Um, working by myself for the better part of three or years, it really makes you hyper aware of your strengths and weaknesses. <laughs> um, so being able to get to a point where um, we can bring other people on that have skills um, that can really, that I can really trust with the brand as well, mm. um, that I know that are going to go, you know, have got the same values that are looking to really invest their time um, into something for the, for, I guess, the long term mm. um, is something that I'm really excited about. Mm, mm. Which may be uh, people that you employ within your business, team members, or it could be uh, alliances, partnerships that you build with 
products or different services. Yeah. Uh, That's so great. And that really emphasizes that community aspect. Do you want to describe for me just very quickly on a final note, who your services are for? What, what, who are these people that would be attracted to on home ground? I hope I'm not putting you too much on the spot here. <laughs> no. Um, so really for me, the person or the people that I think um, on home ground is really for uh, people who are looking to, you know, have a, create a new home or renovate their existing home, but people who want to be involved, people who want to know a little bit more about the process that might be someone who's an owner builder maybe someone who wants to project manage or just someone who has a passion about creating a home that is healthy Mm. creating a home that is um you know for their family that is beautiful and comfortable and a nice place to be in people that spend a lot of time in their home people with young families um people who are now working from home. Um, But the emphasis on people who want to be engaged in the process. Yeah, amazing. Great. Well, I wish you all the best, Natalie, with the next uh, few months. And hopefully by the time this goes live, as I said, your website will be up and people can check you out. People can follow you on Instagram either way. Uh, that's where I love to hang out as well. So that's where I see a lot of Natalie's content. Her Instagram is great, actually. If you have an interest in sustainable design, jump on there and follow her because she really gives a lot of good educational content at the moment around terminology that's related to sustainable design uh, products that are also related to sustainable design as well. So if that's an area of interest for you, you can start to build up your own knowledge there as well. So yeah, amazing work, Natalie. It's been an absolute pleasure to partner with you in the last year. And uh, I can't wait to see this fully come to life uh, in the next few months.